Sunny 16 presents. Welcome to episode 39. Wait, that sounded really insane. <laughs> that actually it. sounded insane. That's who we are. All we're right. insane. They know it. We're insane. We Welcome to episode 39 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting, brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 Podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 39. What is happening that we made it through 39 of these things? We are on the precipice. It's amazing. It's crazy. Of episode 40. Yeah. On the precipice. I know. It's happening. What do you think? Thoughts at this juncture? I think we're getting the hang of it. I think we're yes. almost there. I think. Should the- we preview <laughs> what might be a major event in the life of this podcast? <gasps> yes, we should. I think you should Gabe, give the little surprise. Okay. This is in the works, gang. Yes. So don't hate us if it doesn't happen. But as you know, we have been a Sunny 16 Presents presentation since our launch in November of 2020 (laughs) is that right (laughs) yes it has occasionally been difficult for people to find our podcast we tell them i dream of cameras they go to the podcast directory on apple where is i dream of cameras it doesn't exist well it is in the works right now that the gods at sunny 16 have seen fit to give us our own feed this is ladies and gentlemen it's so cool they are happy days we are Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> now Laverne and Shirley are getting their own show. Oh, so Hello, happy. Laverne. It's so exciting. Thank you, Shirley. We, it's very <laughs> exciting. So look for that. More details to follow, but 40 is a signal episode for us. It's a big number. It's significant. And we believe that with episode 40, the mass migration will occur and you will be, it will be much easier for you to find us. Love it. So exciting. Then, like Laverne and Shirley, we will move from Milwaukee to Los Angeles. We'll meet movie stars, we'll Carmine Ragusa. Exactly. We'll have a dance. Yeah. I'm excited about anyway. all this. Yeah. By the way, yes. just because you asked, 39 years ago. <laughs> I knew this was coming. Was 1983. What? And there's a really bizarre but significant thing that was invented in 1983 i mean besides some cameras i think the nikon fe2 or f yeah something like that okay but all right this is my favorite of it all of them all yes minolta disc (gasps) seven wait 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 the selfie stick now what do you think about about? exactly that's what i thought what what are we thinking about how did that come about well the disc seven had one amazing feature which stood it apart from all the other disc cameras because disc cameras were the thing. Yes. In the center of the front plate was a small convex mirror, which could be used by the photographer to compose a self-portrait. Wow. So what about the stick, though? What about the stick component? The tiltable telescoping carrying strap was used as a focusing... It's it's all I can tell you is... um, its All length right. corresponded with the optimal focus distance of the macro oh. lens. 
So your arm is the selfie stick, but the camera is helping you take a selfie. That's the idea. Yeah. The first yeah. camera that's explicitly designed right. for taking selfies. Right. That's remarkable. And we've so just raised it, the price from 17 cents to 19 cents on eBay. Right. Yes, that's right. Now everyone is going to be looking for that Minolta disc camera. The age of narcissism began. Yes. That was 39 years ago. That was ago. the beginning. Yes. That's when it started. Yeah. That's when it started. Yeah. Before that, we were all altruistic. We all loved each other. We never thought of ourselves. Right. And with that, we launch it. <laughs> with all that right. happiness, yes. We have a lot to cover. Oh. I want to preview a super cool thing in the back half of today's show. Gabe, why don't you tell them what's happening in the back half of today's show? Look, we are very excited. We have back with us Chris Chu. Returning champion. Returning champion and a first-timer, Rafael Hernandez, which we are so excited about. Film professor, film guru, whatever you want to call him. He's amazing he knows guy. his stuff. And he's a great help. And, you know, I'm getting ready to go to Fashion Week in New York. And I needed, you know, sort of a group of people to to give me a hand. And they were a big help. So it was very fun. Yes. So we called these two gurus yes. to help Gabe figure out how to pack his overflowing camera bag. <laughs> and or they bags. offered yes. perspective. And it was it's a very interesting conversation. Digital fans will have much to enjoy inside this conversation. I come off like a total rube in this thing. It's very exciting. So please tune in in the back half of the show for our conversation with Chris and Raphael. But first, we must dive in. Do we have something bulging? Is that what you're saying? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Do you know what a planarian is? (laughs) Uh, Yes, I think I had something on my ear once, then I got rid of it. Yes. Yes. Okay, a planarian is a flatworm, and if you cut it in half, it grows into two worms. Oh, my goodness. Here is what happened with our mailbag. Yes. We cut it down, and it grew back. (laughs) We are back with another episode of our prodigious mailbag. So... We're, we're going to knock off a few of these. There's 22, gang. Let's okay? do it. Let's do and it. We have other stuff to cover. We're going to dive in. And as you know, I'm going to abridge these. We're going to do them at speed. We're going to start with a mysterious participant. This is this guy, the unknown comic photographer. Love it. He's back with number four, filled notes. Portra Gogo meets Zombie Triax. He says... With Fuji cutting their cult color film stocks and Kodak falling woefully behind demand, the disappearance of color film has left shooters traumatized. Everyone on the photo internet agrees that what we really need is for more companies to jump into the color film market with brand new film stocks so we never ever run out again, right? Sorry to be a contrary Mary, but I think this is wrong! He says, I think our goal instead should be to make sure the amazing films we have are as available and affordable as possible. And here's what he pitches. He believes that what we should do is find a way to signal to Kodak how much portrait we will be shooting in the future. And then there should be a portra go-go, in other words, like a, what do they call it? Indiegogo, mm-hmm. a campaign launched so we can all pre-order for the next five years right now. Brilliant. What do you think of this plan? So here's, you know, look, here's my worry. And and we've sort of talked about it, you know, off the show. I know the film's out there, but to me, it feels like there are so many kids 
and so many people picking up film cameras and getting interested in film cameras and excited yeah. about Kodak and all they hear is Portrait 400 and all they hear are these films and they're buying them and buying them, buying them. And then all of a sudden they're missing because someone over there isn't understanding that this is a, a wave of people. People are buying film cameras. People want to shoot film. And somehow it feels to me that Kodak isn't paying attention enough. Maybe they're paying attention. Yeah. Maybe their research is is something we don't know obviously but they should be pumping out film like crazy and if not make more machines that pump out film i can't figure it out to me it's I'm like how you. could there ever be a shortage of film and now there's all these you know films that people are just making nice fancy boxes of you know and you're just it's 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 crazy you're just everyone's going for all these other films because there's plenty of them yeah yeah the second email from Unknown Comic Photographer proposes a 19-item Proust questionnaire. <laughs> I'm going to throw these questions at Gabe Sachs. Rapid fire! Here we go. And I just want you to answer. You probably have not read this email. No. So I'm just going to throw them at you. 19. I want you to answer as quickly as possible. Oh, no. Are you ready? Sort of. Number one. First, what kind of pictures do you make? Portraits, landscapes, etc. I know this seems basic, but Portraits. I always want to know. Okay. Number two, do you identify as a color film shooter, black and white, or non-binary? Non-binary. Number three, what photographer, living or dead, do you most admire the work of? Oh my gosh, there's there's a, a million. Quick! Uh, uh, Norman Parkinson. I don't, I don't know. Ooh. I, okay. Number four, what is your preferred format now? Three thirty-five millimeter, six by seven, six. Go. Okay, number five. What is your main daily driver film camera? My main daily driver is the Leica M6. Number six. Do you have a recipe for what you do now? Camera choice, film choice, rating, shooting method? In my mind, I do, but I really don't. Number seven. What else is in your fridge right now? Asking about film, but food answers are good too. I have um, some Katz's hot dogs, and I have some <laughs> uh, Portra 400 and Kodak Gold 200. Excellent. Number eight, what do you think your best moment ever with a camera has been? I think at New York Fashion Week last year, just grabbing a shot that turned into my favorite, just not seeing it till I got home. So Wonderful. Have you ever had a film camera fail that broke your heart? Yes. Blank roll, lens cap yes. on. Yes, almost, almost all of them. I mean, I have okay. really had, uh, yes, my uh, M6 just went down, but it's better. Okay. First film camera. First film camera, I think, was the Electro 35 Yashica. Nice. How many cameras do you own right now? <laughs> I would say that work, I would say I have about probably 80 working cameras. Ooh, probably, I've never heard that answer on this podcast before. Yeah, go on. What is your greatest photography slash camera related extravagance? Oh, easy. The um, the M4 black paint. Okay. I think Number that's... 13. Is there a camera everyone loves that you despise? Yes. The Contax T2. Number 14. Is there a camera no one cares about that you love? The uh, Pentacon 6. But I think some Ooh. people like it, but I like it. Okay. All right. No, that's a good one. Number 15. Is there a camera you sold, lost, or destroyed, or had stolen that still breaks your heart? Yes. Definitely the Mamiya 7-2. Okay. Number 16, is there a camera you just got or one in the mail right now? I guess this is your most recent acquisition. And why did you buy it? This was probably my thrift store Nikon point and shoot. 
and I bought it because okay. it was $2.50. <laughs> Which of your cameras, this is interesting how he formulates this. Which of your cameras do you want to die and be buried with, a.k.a. what's your desert island camera? I think those are two different things. And why? All right, which is your desert island? I mean, which is the one? Just which is one? the one? If there's just the one, one. it's good. Yes. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna switch it up. If I had yeah. to be buried with one, or or my desert island, I really think it would be the um, Rolleiflex 2.82. Ooh, mm-hmm. nice. What is your current? I dream of cameras. Dream camera setup, camera and lens that you are lusting after. Hmm. What would that be? That is a tough one. What am I lusting after? What's the one? What's the one that we can't? That I always forget the uh, name of. That that has. There's a silver one. Wait, wait. You know this? Yeah, I know you know this. There's a silver one. It's an old-fashioned one. And I every time we talk about, it, I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. The I don't um, remember. There's one silver old. <laughs> looking version of this and then i always say it's good oh the plowbow mac thank you thank you plowbow Machina. that's the one that's it plowbow mac is it that that was by the way i hope everyone observed how that worked <laughs> finally yes who is a living photographer you like who we should try to have on next frank Ockenfels. yeah i like that I, i've been thinking that too he says, P.S., there are no darkroom questions above because as all true Proust heads know, he was only in the lab once in 1892 and he fainted from the fumes. Marcel can't hang. <laughs> <laughs> now, I am going to refuse to answer these questions. Yes. Not only because we hear too damn much of me on this show, but I will not do this until this man identifies himself. That's true. Or woman. That's true. Next, que- next email comes from Tom Northenskold. Jeff and Gabe, 37 was fabulous. Don't praise us! Please. He said, your 10 cameras got me thinking, what would my 10 be? I'm going to reel them off. This is what Tom said. Nikromat FT2, gifted to me by my dad, was my first Nikon. Nikon F Photomic FTN, also from his dad. F3 HP, sexiest camera ever made. Woo, shots fired. FE2, the poor man's FM3A. These are all Nikons. FM2N, a mechanical marvel. F100, for when I want to use my modern Nikkor glass and have autofocus. OM1N, Olympus. What can I say? It's a jewel. I'm with you. OM2N, a 1N on steroids. You want a 2N, don't you? You're on the hunt, aren't you? Gabe can is I hunting tell you for why? a 2N. Because yeah, tell me why. You know, when you talk about, first of all, I rarely paid attention to aperture priority anything. Seriously. Yeah. I just didn't. And then when Trev Lee pulls this stuff about the <laughs> FM, you know, I mean, I just got that FM3A and I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. It's how fast I was shooting. So then you had to be talking about this, that other ones, you know, there are other Olympus yes. OMs that are aperture priority. And so I thought the 2N would be the one to get. And now, of course, they are way up in price. Very hard to find. Hard to find and Very expensive. Hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. He also pitches the Olympus OM4T, which he says is the Olympus version of the FM3A. No. <gasps> Olympus 4T? <gasps> OM4T. Look, Gabe is going right to his no, keyboard. No, I'm not and doing finally, that. And <laughs> finally, the, the Kodak Duo 620 Art Deco, which he has told us about, the camera I right. learned photography with back in 1969. So he says, what this leaves by the wayside is two Zeiss Netar folders the Nikon N80, and the Olympus 35 SPN, which, by the way, is a camera I've always kind of wanted. 
I've never he used said that. he's been struggling with the SPN. It's a version of the SP, but it's snazzier looking. Okay. Anyway, Tom says, I always look forward to the next episode. Take care. Tom, thanks for that list. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Very appreciated. Ronnie Brandon says. What? Ooh, this is a long email, man. <laughs> Here's what he says. He is currently nearing completion of his master's degree in documentary. Wow. His final piece is a short film, which started out ostensibly as a celebration of the analog photography community, but has kind of turned into something more philosophical, a film about memory viewed through the prism of of photography. I love this idea. He says, so why am I telling you this? He says, well, my rough cut is currently clocking in at 25 minutes and I have to cut it down to 20 minutes to meet the brief. He said, word on the street is both you and Gabe are big time screenwriters. I've endured 37 episodes of your podcast. Basically, he says, will we watch it? Gabe, will we watch Ronnie's film? 100%. Come on. Ronnie, 100%. you heard it from the man. We will watch your totally. film. Send it to us. Absolutely. Ronnie Brandon, also, that sounds amazing yeah. that you're doing that. It's and I hope really that once great. you turn this thing in, that maybe you'll upload it to YouTube or Vimeo or something so we can all watch it because that theme sounds awesome. On we go. Timothy Floyd, one of our favorite correspondents. His subject line, I literally dream of I dream of camera. <laughs> <laughs> he says, guys, I am not sending this with the expectation it makes us to the producer's mailbag. I just thought you might enjoy it. Basically, he said... He said, this morning, I dreamed that my wife and I were at a concert where they were playing this peppy, happy music. The I Dream of Cameras theme song. Oh, so good. <laughs> Fred Corey, ladies and gentlemen. Fred Corey. Fred Corey. Yep. Suddenly, these two men just behind us and to my left started talking loudly, which annoyed me. But then I realized they were talking about cameras. These guys were really going at it. After a while, I realized it was Jeff and Gabe. <laughs> 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 That is amazing. That's I love crazy. it. I love it. He said, both of you were taller than I imagined. <laughs> Jeff was like seven foot 13 inches and Gabe was about six four. <laughs> but you just kept talking to each other. I followed you out of the amphitheater, but your legs were so much longer than mine that I lost you before I got to the parking lot. That Fabulous. is so funny. Timothy, not only did we read that on the show, share with us your dreams about I Dream of Cameras. Never hesitate, listeners. That is fabulous. Exactly. On we go. Oh, this one is called A Bag Anecdote. What? <gasps> Richard Moore writes with a bag anecdote. <laughs> I'm listening so carefully. I'm he not says, even moving. Yeah, I know. Gabe is, Gabe is so motionless. Excited. He's so excited. Oh, my God. He says, my late father was something of a gas sufferer in his retirement, attended many camera shows. Having never embraced digital gear, he would go, intending to sell the odd item, but would invariably come back with lots more gear. <laughs> this would often include deals for bags of camera gear. I knew he had bags of stuff in the garage, but at the time, I was only interested in digital kit. I remember helping him find his way on eBay selling Vectis cameras, the future now of film photography, so he could fund his Barnack Leica addiction. He said his father died in 2010. He inherited these boxes of bags and gear. No one wanted it. I was the obvious choice to receive it. Fast forward to 2013. The boxes are still in my garage, and I'm about to emigrate and move from the UK to California. He sits down. He goes through the bags. He said, I knew the Barnack Leicas were still there, but at the time I kept them as a memory of my dad. There were lots of cheap-ass tripods, lots of Coke and filters, and lots of bags. Lots of them. 
Not as many as Gabe, but none I would have any use for. So he started chucking them in the dumpster. The dumpster, Gabe. I, I refuse. Are you okay? I refuse to listen to this. Blah, 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 blah. But then he says, then one of them rattled, and it occurred to this idiot that there might be stuff in the side pockets. So I go through all the pockets, and I don't find anything else till I get to the last one oh, at the no. bottom of the box. This is like an Edgar Allan Poe story. It's fantastic. In the last one, yes. I find 450 pounds in crisp fives and twenties. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, baby. That's amazing. I found dad's secret trading stash. Well, what are you going to do? I spent it on camera gear. <laughs> I'm so excited. That is fantastic news. I love it. It's, a it's treasure what he would have wanted. Isn't that great? Yep. Just wish he were here now and we could go to a 1990s camera fair and hoover up all that underpriced gear. Regards, Richard Moore. He adds as a PS, there was a Leica 1 and two Leica 3s plus some early lights lenses Thanks, Dad. Amazing. Richard. I love that story. Phenomenal story. Look, Gabe has gone on such a ride yep. during that email. So good. Okay? The loss of the bags, but, oh, oh my God, that's great. Thank you, Richard, story. for writing. That is phenomenal. Okay. Raphael. What? Is it Raphael that we talked to later in the show? <laughs> no. This is a different Raphael writing in to say, hi, guys. Just wanted to let you know about a YouTuber who recently did two videos at Kodak Rochester. The channel's called Smarter Every Day. Mm -hmm. He got the full tour, really interesting and promising for us film lovers. He has also visited indie films, saw how they develop film. Okay, we're going to check that out. He said, in the vein of reaching out to all people, Ribsy is another YouTuber who produces great content. I agree with that. I've seen his videos. He says, by the way, my camera of choice right now is a sleek black Bronica S2A with Nikon glass. Wow. What do you think of that camera there, Gabe? Isn't that one of the ones you unloaded? The S2A? Yeah. No, Isn't I saw. Oh, you, got you know what? To tell the truth, mm. I had an S2, right? And it didn't yeah. work. Oh, so I returned okay. it, but I I've always I love the look of those cameras, and they're yeah they are cool so looking. cool if you like black boxes. <laughs> all right, and he says I knew you'd eventually get the X band. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, all right, thanks for writing, Raphael. On we go. We got three in the row from Alan Perez, one of our favorite correspondents. So I'm going to just reel them off. First of all, he points us to an article in the New York Times about some new sci-fi horror flicks. One of them is about a guy who's a film photographer who's carrying what he thinks is a Nikon point-and-shoot. The title of the film is called Exposure 36. What? And he says the camera features prominently. So guys, check that out. He also adds in the next email some photo history. This is very interesting. Yes. He said, at a book sale at our local library, I picked up several photography books. One is The Best of Popular Photography, published in 79. I have this book. It's a compendium of articles from 1937 to 1979. And Alan points out a fact in this book that I, too, had just come across in a Wikipedia article and was sent to this volume to verify. What? Here is the fact. He says... There was an article about carrier pigeons of photography. That's not what I'm talking about. He says another article talked about war photography during the Vietnam War, and it said that the Nikonos was an essential part of every photographer's kit. What? Along with their Leicas and Nikons, because it was dirt resistant, Never heard black this, resistant, ever. rain resistant. I saw that in the Wikipedia article, and I was like, really now? And sure enough, I went to this very book 
that Alan is talking about. And there is a contemporaneous article from the late 70s in which a war photographer verifies That's that. That's amazing. So the Nikonos was used by Vietnam War photographers. Fascinating. So cool. And then finally from Alan, for the next mailbag, he asked, do you insure your cameras? Some? All? Why or why not? Do you insure your cameras, yes. Gabe? I do insure is my Is it cameras. on your homeowner's policy or do it's you on, itemize well, specific You know cameras? what? I got to tell you, it was, it's been both. You know, I used to, ah, okay. I, I'm not kidding. I used to have a Lloyd's of London um, wow. on my cameras years ago. And now it's on my homeowners, but I have, I have the home inventory thing. I'm about halfway done with it, but I am, I am cataloging everything that I love. That's what I'm doing. All right. Would it surprise you to learn, Gabe, that I compulsively... <laughs> you're kidding. You? Inventory everything. No. Yeah. You're kidding. Okay. I'll go through this quickly. When my collection began to burgeon, I did a little spreadsheet in numbers for the Mac featuring the camera, the lenses, some accessories, the serial numbers, and the value. Oh. And every year, I would submit this to my insurance company, no matter what the value of the item was, whether it was $15 or $1,500. Eventually, keeping track of the comings and goings of this became so onerous that I just decided, you know what? I'm going to insure the items that are worth more than $500 and assume that everything else is covered by my homeowner's policy. Smart. But So that's what I send them every year, is a list of items that are worth more than $500. Here's the thing, though. Guys, if you have a collection of any size, you should be doing this. You should have a list of every item and every serial number in case they're stolen. Yep. It's good to know. So, yes, the answer, yes, Alan, the answer is yes. How could we let a mailbag go? And this may close out our mailbag for the time, by the way. We have many, many more to go, but this gets us up to the 13th of August, so we're only two weeks behind. How can we go without an email from... Oh, boy. Martin McPherson. <laughs> Every time. Every time. The By the way, he is at Audioper, audio, P-E-R, on Instagram. Nice. <laughs> he says, a quick note on the Hasselblad 500 ELM. He says, this was the only Hassie to come into my hands, and I have to hit on how enormously heavy the thing is. He says he put several rolls through it and then promptly passed it on. He says, this seems like a studio-only device. Would you agree with that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Next, oh, good. We wanted to talk about this. He said, you mentioned it in passing in the mailbag episode, but I don't think I've heard about Jeff's habit of switching a roll between cameras. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never heard of what. such a thing. Being done outside of the silly APS system, how and why? Well, we talked about this back in the mists of history. I often move rolls of 35 millimeter and others, by the way, between cameras. Let's start with cartridge film. Obviously, if you are shooting Minox, which is a cartridge, or 110, it is a piece of cake to pull out the cartridge and drop it in a new camera, you will lose maybe one frame. This is why I like 110, guys. 110 is fun because you can move it between your host of 110 cameras or with Minox, yes, my picture, host of Minox. the size of a zit. Correct. <laughs> but let's talk about 35 millimeter, okay? Yes. I often decide midway through a roll that I want to move it into a different camera because I don't like having many cameras loaded at the same time. So what do you do? Well, 
First thing I do is take note of the exposure counter. How many shots have I done? Let's say for the purposes of this, 17 okay. of a 36 exposure okay. roll. I hit the rewind button and I very carefully and deliberately rewind the film until I hear the leader detach from the take-up spool. I open the back. I have that number 17 etched on my brain. Yes. I place it in the other camera. Right. Hopefully, I have a lens cap for that camera. Otherwise, this experiment doesn't work. Put the lens cap on the lens. Just to be sure, I set it to the smallest aperture and the highest shutter speed. Shoot in advance 17 times. And then tack on one more frame. That's it. And then shoot as normal. I have never had frame overlap. I have never had a lab complain about this. Though when I send a roll like this to a commercial lab, I often include a note saying, hey, I switched this between cameras, so there may be a frame spacing issue. Approximately frame 17. If I'm doing it myself, if I'm processing myself, piece of cake, guys. I just cut the roll at that point. It's so easy. And it is a great way to avoid having five cameras loaded at once. You have never done this, Gabe. Um, By the way, I'm sorry to do this to you, but Jeff, how many cameras do you have loaded right now? Oh, it's so upsetting. (laughs) It's so upsetting. After you just said about avoiding having five cameras loaded at once. I hate to tell you, I have six cameras loaded right now. (laughs) Okay, so... um, Now, hmm. I'm going to tell you what they are. There's the Hasselblad. You can't do this trick with the X-Pan because it pulls all the film out of there. You can't do that. The Rolly 35 has Color Plus 200 in it. The Perkeo, obviously you can't do this with a 120 camera either, guys. Nikon FM3A, there's slide film and there's two shots left. Polaroid 690, I mean, it's a Polaroid, guys. And then the Minox LX, which is a cartridge that has already been in two different cameras and is now in the LX. Mm-hmm. I hate this. I hate you. You tortured me. I'm sorry. I outed you just there. Okay. At this point, we are going to draw the drawstring <laughs> on our prodigious <laughs> mailbag. But we will come back to the remaining 10 or so emails in episode of 40. 40. And now we come to our conversation with Rafael Hernandez and Chris Chu. Gabe, set it up for us. Okay, so, you know, we love these guys. And and actually, Chris Chu, you know from previous episode, but they're great photographers. Uh, they both have YouTube channels. They're both extremely, you know, talented creatives. And it's very exciting that we got them on the show. And I really needed a hand of what to bring to New York for New York Fashion Week. And I just sort of, because as you all know, I would pack 32 cameras and I would not be able to walk anywhere because I'd have two backpacks on my back and uh, other camera bags because I love camera bags. But uh, they really assisted and uh, we got to talk to them and we were really lucky to have them on the show. So here they are, Chris and Raphael. Let the games begin. Let the games begin. All right. Here we are, Chris and Raphael, and of course, Jeff Greenstein. I need help for New York, okay? These these (laughs) are my gurus, okay? Just so you know, these are my gurus. And um, here's the deal, okay? So I need to figure out what to bring, okay? So... 
you guys know I overpack for everything. Like I will bring cameras that will never come out of my bag, but I will bring them because I feel like, you know, I have to have them. And my fear is like last year at Fashion Week, I had a bag that at any moment could have toppled me backwards. There's no, my yeah. backpack was so heavy. I thought any second I am going to topple over. So here, here were the things. So you guys are caught up. So last year at Fashion Week, I brought the M10 and my Noctilux. Mm -hmm. And I brought, um, I brought a Sony A7 II, which bar I barely used. And I'm sure I brought some more equipment, but I really just used the M10 and the 35 and the 50. And at parties at night, I used a flash. Okay. And the flash just did, and the shots, everyone was happy with the, you know, coach was happy with it and Jonathan, some kind designers were happy with it. But here's the issue. The issue is number one, my flash was having issues with my camera, which I'm sure, which is definitely user error. So we'll talk about that. But my issue was speed. So I was the guy who was, you know, all these photographers run in and go, D -d 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 -d. they're shooting 100 miles an hour. They get the shot and they're out. I'm like this, fixing, hold on. I'm just, oh, one sec. I just, uh, can you not, can you open your eye a little wider so I can focus? Um, so I'm dealing with that uh, with models. And so the goal here is to figure out how I can do this a little faster. And one solution was that Fred Corey lent me his like a Q with Ooh. autofocus and all that stuff. And Chris showed me the Leica Q and I was shocked. I was just amazed at the sharpness. And Chris, mm -hmm. your show is going up tonight. Did it go oh, it's, up? It, it uh, already went live at 8 It's already yeah. went live. So yeah. the Q just went up in price, but anyway. <laughs> yes. don't let don't let that influence my decision how he just ruined my dream no um anyway so so that's sort of the thing is like what's the speed but the question is i need a fast slr i have and then it's like which one do i get i have a lot of canon lenses so the question is you know i've seen chris and the r5 and just try, my goal is to pack lean and mean, still have a film camera with me, but for the stuff they, they want digital. There's no question. They want digital. And I felt like with the M10, although I love the shots, I could have been closer. I could have gotten better shots. I think the Q will sort of afford me to be a little closer because I'm borrowing it. But give me your thoughts. Raphael, what do you think of this? The thing about the Q that's great um, is you can get closer. Like I'm, right. I'm I haven't seen your, your Fashion Week stuff, so I'm wondering, like, was there a lot of group situations, or is it like no? So the, sorry, the, I didn't even mention that. But here, here's what my thing is. My thing is shooting backstage, so yes. I'm never going to be on the bleachers or the rafters. And I just and the issue is I that's not the shot that I'm interested in. I want to get sort of the candidates backstage. I will be very close to actors. I'm able to get those shots. They're some of them are friends of mine and I'm able to sort of have an intimate look at actors and models and people in that world because I'll have crazy access. And I think that, that I want to take advantage of it 
as opposed to being, you know, focusing that 50. The 35 was fine, but that 50 was not getting me what I wanted, except for like one great shot I liked. <laughs> and so I'm trying to add to my collection. So what do you think? So which flash do you have uh, available to you? Okay, so I ha the one that I use was the um, the is it the SF twenty four D is that it? What's, what's yeah, the, that's what's the one. The that's the one? one that you were having problems with. I highly recommend the SF twenty, the older version. That's what I have. Even yeah. for the digital. Mm -hmm. Even for digital. Oh wow, this is great. Mm -hmm. You um, borrow mine, baby. Oh my gosh, Ooh, there I'm so you go. excited! I gave mine away. That's because I thought, oh, I have the, <laughs> I have the uh, digital one, and then and then of course Chris and Rafael are like, no, no, you want the older one. Um, what is the advantage of that? Like, why should I? I'm, I'll, I'll definitely get it. But what's the, what's the story? Well, do you actually know the history of the uh, SF20 and why it's communicating better? I don't actually. So I'm gonna let you take this one. But the only, <laughs> the only instance where I, that one is more manual, correct? As far as like yeah. setting your distance and stuff like right. that. That's the main reason I would recommend it. Uh, any right. flash that I use is older than me. So I just set stuff by distance and power output, and then I don't have to think about it. That's what I That's love great. about these manual flashes. That's great. Okay, good. That's good. Chris? So for the um, 24D, uh, Gabe, did it ever give you like a distance readout of like, oh, it could reach up to like five meters or 3.6 meters or something like that, depending? Okay, so that's why I would recommend the SF20 because a large part of like why it using like flash, on-camera flash is like very intimidating is because you don't know how far it's going to reach. Right. And for the SF20, it tells you like you input what ISO you're using, what aperture you're using, and then it says it can reach up to eight meters and eight meters is super far. Oh, so great. I know that that's a great feature of that thing. I don't really know the specifics of the electronics in the 24D versus the 20, but I know the 24D has a better communication with like the M240s and the M262s, but it's inconsistent like across right. the board. So the SF20 is just like one contact point or two contact points. And then like, it, it's, like it's like very simple, right. very analog. And, and the reason, I mean, this would only be for the parties because you can't use flash um some people do but they're the big fashion photographers a couple of people use flash backstage but these days with the r5s and all the nikons and on and on no one's using flash anywhere so and especially during the shows because they used to use flash all the time and now there's absolutely no flash during the the actual oh, show in progress so it's it's figuring that out so i think that okay that's a great solution for my flash my next is speeding things up. Do you think I go for the R5 since I have the lenses and, and I'm only doing photography? That's it. I am not shooting. Um, I'm not doing any video. I'm just mm. not. <laughs> I just won't be. Roth, what's your opinion? Listen, um, I work with the R5 uh, with my full-time job. It is just my go-to. It's the workhorse. It is the when I first saw it announced on paper, it was the dream camera. Getting it in my hands, it is the dream camera for photography. Oh, that's great. Um, How exciting. I love it, like truly, truly. It has not let me down. It's plenty fast. Files are amazing to work with and uh, low light capabilities are great. And oh, great. autofocus speed on EF lenses that are adapted is just as fast as like the new RF. Like it blows okay. my mind. So let me tell you what I'm used to, and then you'll, mm -hmm. you can get a good chuckle out of this. Okay, so my 
This is my autofocus experience. You ready? The newest camera for autofocus that I owned is the A7 II. Number one. Boo. Wait, and, and, wait, let's go. No, more exciting. The 5D Mark II. Okay, respect. Yeah, yeah listen. Respect. I have that one. It's a great camera, but are you using your Canon lenses adapted to the Sony? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, awful. <laughs> Extra oh, my God. Yeah, no, this it's is the worst. This is going to be the largest leap in uh That's what everyone here. says, right? Yes. In, yes I'm going to notice it quite well. Yeah, it was even even when Chris showed me the queue, I was sort of like, what? It, it, I'm not sure. And, and then I borrowed it from Fred. And today I met up with Jeff and I shot a portrait in two seconds. I could not believe the sharpness. I just couldn't believe it. Like that's that's what I need for Fashion Week. That's what I need. And Chris took a picture of me and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then of course I was like, it must be Chris. No, it's, so the like go, go, it's the like a glass. It's the like a glass, Gabe. It's it's incredible. And and Chris, can you explain about the lens? Like this is really interesting to me that you that you, where you said you get the lens and the sort of the bodies for free. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's kind of like the whole um, thing that the community kind of considers what the Q is because the Leica Sumilux 28 mil that's like attached to that camera. If you were to get that lens for your film M body, like the M6 or digital M10, that lens alone is $7,800 before tax and the q2 comes with that lens but a little bit stopped down to 1.7 instead of 1.4 that's because they put some other mechanics in there but whatever and that camera retails for like i think 5800 so you're getting a two thousand dollar discount and a bot quote-unquote body for free but if you get the q1 you're getting the same optical package which in my opinion is the thing that's making the images really good because it's you know like a glass the sensors in the q and q q1 and q2 are like whatever like they're they're good for nowadays but they don't like really make the image it's the glass right, right which right. is why the q1 is the most logical thing that i would recommend and plus like um it's so it's so underrated that that q was actually borrowed from rob's wife and like right. they were like generous enough to like supply that for the channel and it's it's a great camera fantastic oh good okay good okay so this solves a lot of my my issues here is my next one. So film-wise, I was going to bring two cameras. I was going to bring the M6 and the 35. And the reason that I'm bringing it, it's an old 35. The reason I'm bringing that combo is it was my really my first real camera. So I'm, I'm sort of so familiar with it. I feel comfortable. I did all the Freaks and Geeks portraits with it. I just, it's something that for backstage and even the stuff I've done um, with beers and cameras, just, I mean, just casually, I just feel confident with that. Mm -hmm. But the other one, I did want to bring a medium format. And I really think that size is going to be an issue. So I think a Roloflex might work in that yes. world. I think the 2.8 is going to work better for me because also I'm not looking, you know, it's not looking directly at them when they're getting ready, which is fine. They uh, There's a lot of makeup and you're always waiting for, them to work on the eyes or or that kind of stuff and and so i think i might do that i might just shoot a lot of film i think it'll be a lot of fun oh absolutely it's probably going to be better images than the digital stuff you'll make oh i'm it, no question but the, <laughs> but the but the issue is the issue is speed like this is what i learned oh. at new york fashion week it's all about speed i mean those guys are they're was a picture, of course, which I, I told this 
to Chris. So, Raphael, I'm I'm fumbling with my camera, okay? There was like I the flash fell off, I'm putting on the flash, and I'm behind Barbie Ferreira, who I was with, and and I'm behind her, and she's with the designer John Sissima, and they're coming down the red carpet. I'm behind them. Someone took a picture with them, and I'm in the background. And <laughs> that picture went out 25 minutes later. That thing was that thing was online yeah. and in the press, which I'm just going. I believe how it. Do these guys get their pictures out so fast. It's out, and it's 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 so. The issue is that. You know, this time, of course, I'm going to have my computer with me because the designers were like, look, can we get those pictures? I'm like, well, I got to go back to the hotel and put the thing in. <laughs> so I learned a lot. So I think that'll be fun. And also, I'm just saying, Sissy Lou, Jeff. <gasps> yes. She's uh, hooked me up with some uh, labs in New York. Oh, fabulous. Very nice. oh, that's good. And I'm very, very excited about uh, checking them out. So I will, you know, first stop, I'll land, get to B&H, buy a bunch of film. You're going to buy another a camera. One, guys. You're going <laughs> to buy a camera, Yeah. yeah. You're going to walk out of buy a camera. That's You're going to walk out with a camera. Deal. Deal. Guys, the last six times I was there, I absolutely bought a camera. But anyway, <laughs> um, I will say that uh, that's... That's one thing that yes, it's it's it, it will probably happen. But let's ask you this: shooting in those situations, what film? Well, that was going to be my question to you: is if you had no, an no, idea. But think? I mean, I think the default there would be like definitely pack some um, Delta thirty two hundred or P thirty two hundred, depending on your preference. Uh, Portrait eight hundred uh, mm -hmm. is a must for sure. Um, I'm wondering like how much light there is back there. I mean, you said okay. there was no flash, so. So there's tons of light. There's tons of light in a different way. So sometimes there's beautiful natural light, but there's definitely that dream light, like each model, you know, male and female have these makeup lights. Yes. In front of them. So we're, that's a huge advantage. And then the other advantage about if Jonathan does the same, if, they, if Jonathan and Coach do the shows in the same locations, it was at Spring Studios where a lot of the shows are, but Jonathan's show was like, I, you know, I showed Chris some video. It's like the backdrop of New York. It's, it's unbelievable. Spectacular. And it's then, unbelievable. But there's so much light and you can, um, the models come out and you can, you can shoot them in that space. So that's not great. That's not a big deal. But inside, I would love to shoot 800 or 3200. What's the, this is what I want to ask you. What is the um, grain structure on the 3200? Chris has tried to get me to shoot this forever. Oh yeah, go go ahead, tell him, right? Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> the, here's the thing about black and white for me is that it all varies on the processing. Right. Um, you you've got to use like the really good developer. I'm okay. personally a fan of HC110, so I process Great. all of my black and white through that, and it so has clean. made the biggest difference in everything that I do. Like it's, and um, mind you, I'm uh, camera scanning with the R5. So like if there were imperfections in my grain, I would oh see gosh. it. <laughs> yes. Right. 45 yeah. megapixel, 35 millimeter, one-to-one, -one, like wow. full frame scans. Um, right. And yeah, that's that's my go-to. And uh, for 3200 film, it's great. It looks amazing. I've also seen the bad side of, um, I'm not going to name names, but 
somebody processed a roll of uh, 3200 a lab uh <laughs> the preview the thumbnail preview to the file looked like pixelated like it was just dots yeah. like big yeah. dots oh, like it just yeah. and then you open it and it's it looks like a xerox copy of a print mm. you know it's oh. like falling apart um so i would recommend finding out you know what uh your lab is using yeah no they you were very helpful when we talked briefly about I'll call it the grain issue, the grain <laughs> the incident. Grain issue. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I sort of had this this issue, and with three different labs, and all the sort of same result. And I tried, did everything, changed the battery, did, you know, the usual sort of let's go through every little tiny thing and see what it was, and it was terrible. Like it just couldn't believe it. And and then I gave them, I gave the negatives to Jeff, and Jeff scanned them. And Jeff had the same result, you know, it was just, it was definitely, you know, narrowing to the lab. And I talked to that company that rhymes with Billford and they were actually, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. No, Ilford was great. I mean, Sue Evans over there was, they were really responsive, they were amazing. Right? They took care of me and, and they said, look, we are checking everything. They checked the batch and on and on. And they, everyone sort of had the same thing that it's something with a lab. They weren't mm -hmm. sure what the issue is, but. It's as um, you were talking about, it's pr most likely the developer. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you got to save some money on the chemicals. I get yeah. it. You're running a business, but um, the consequences then are the film suffers. You know, the look isn't there. And I take issue with people who are like, oh, yeah, HP5, it's like this flat, like grayish film. I'm like, no, that's your lab. Because I get, yeah. oh, I I get know the that. nice contrast. I'm like, my stuff looks good. I don't edit it. It's just this straight up scan. It looks great. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah, but yeah. those have flat results. Yeah. So so here's what from my experience, like to try to keep it brief, when I uh first got my M6, I was still developing with uh the cheaper uh developer, right? Yeah. And I was scanning my stuff and I'm like, hey, why doesn't this look three thousand dollars better than my punishment yeah. stuff? It looks exactly <laughs> the same. So then that's when I was like, oh, it's my developer. I got to try that. So I switched to HC110 and I was like, there it is. There's the sharpness. Wow. There's the micro contrast. There's the character that I'm looking for. And then I went back and actually developed some, you know, uh, point and shoot stuff with the same developer, scanned it, and it looked way better. Like, I couldn't believe that it was like even up there with my Leica stuff. It's, it's crazy. Are you going to tell me? that I might like my contacts T2 again? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm, it's a possibility. Because this is it. I'm telling yeah. you, that was the issue. With black so and white. I, yes. And I had such an issue with that T2. And I just kept going, oh, I just can't get it. And, you you know, we've talked about this on the show before where you start, you sort of lose a little confidence in your mm -hmm. head. You're sort of going, um, oh, I'm just not, I'm going to keep shooting medium format because something's wrong with the with some it's got to be me I've got wait to till you out. get medium format with that chemistry oh my oh, god i can't wait that's the stuff right there that is gonna yeah. be yeah exciting. he's developed some of my stuff before and it looks it looks phenomenal oh my gosh that's so good um let's talk a, two seconds about point and shoots sure <laughs> two uh, seconds okay what are you using what are you guys using rough yeah rough um well this is this is like my go-to this is the context tvs the right. underrated 
uh, right. sibling to the T2. Um, I think it's great. I love the zoom, but also I love that it's a 28 mil. Yeah. And oh, wow. I don't have enough 28 mil in my arsenal. So like, right. this is my go-to for that. Um, I feel like the autofocus is super fast. And like, I have this crazy attachment actually, that's like this off camera flash bracket that's meant oh, wow. to use like mm. the context G flash. I right. throw a pocket wizard on there and set this off with the strobe. That's and, so cool. And it does some stuff. It's pretty great. You'd be that surprised. That is really cool. Dude, this guy's yeah. a wizard when it comes to like flash and strobes. Oh, I yeah, so we're going to have we're going to when we do our uh flash and strobe show, we are going to call you up because we need <laughs> I'm into know, it. We uh yeah, that's that's one of those issues that cuz cuz look, it involves math. Okay, let's just talk about yep. it. It mm -hmm. involves math and you know, although Jeff is way better at math than I am, you know, we're creative guys who make TV shows and make stuff up and get paid for it. That's a weird job. You know, we just, that's what we do for a living. And you guys so, do a hell of a job. When it go, thank you. But when you, when you're thinking about it, you know, my intro into flash was to get the monolite and shoot and then just shoot and then just keep adjusting. <laughs> like there's no thought. In it. It's like, a, I'll see what looks good and I'll keep adjusting until I, until I get something, which I'm learning that you sort of have to nail that mm -hmm. uh, a little better. than. You got to dial it in a little something. bit. It does you have a, a, you have a light bit. meter, right? Yes, I do. I know. I know. That'll save you so much time and film I if know, you're testing your stuff on film. I got to do it. It'll be, it'll be very exciting. Um, Jeff Greenstein, what do you think of all this? Well, I was just thinking about, uh, I'm going to try and join you for a piece of this New York Fashion Week experience. And I was excited. just thinking about what I'm going to bring. Oh, my and, goodness. So exciting. <laughs> and be very interested to get these gentlemen's perspective on what I will be bringing. I don't own any digital cameras. Well, I own one. Yes. I own a Olympus Pen F digital. Oh, nice. my shoulder. It's the only one I own. I will not be bringing that. Excellent. Great decision. Great decision. I am thinking that I also I can't really bring more than two cameras. You know, bringing more than one is a shocker for me. Right. So my thinking is that I'm going to bring the X-Pan or the Wide Lux because I'm thinking I want to take my shot with some of those kind of portraits at close range, a la what like Jeff Bridges does in his pictures books, mm -hmm. right? And experiment with like panoramic stuff in this context because I've lately tried, I've only had the X-Pan for a couple of months, but I've been experimenting with shooting close with it and you get some very cool stuff. And obviously the wide frame in this sort of chaotic context mm. sounds very appealing to me. Oh yeah. So that I think is gonna be camera one and then camera two, will be my beloved, the only autofocus camera that I own, the Canon Sure Shot Multi-Tele, which is a half frame, oh, no. 35 millimeter Ooh. autofocus. Oh. So I can just pull that baby out of my back pocket and blast. Here we go again. Oh, the half This guy has so many half frames. Yeah. And that sounds like rare. Is it, is it a rare one? Cause I know. Really? No, it's no, a piece of garbage. It. I found <laughs> yeah. It's a piece of garbage. It's all plastic body. It's the ugliest looking thing you've ever seen. And as autofocus cameras go, by the way, unlike any other autofocus I've ever seen, 
the lens is always behind a shade. When you push the shutter button, oh, shade right. opens, lens pops out, takes the picture, lens pops back, shade goes clock. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. That's wild. Crazy. It's a really wild. It's crazy. It's and you know. I don't really know how to get that Yashica T4 look. I've never owned a T4. The only autofocus camera, the only really kind of premier autofocus, I was thinking about this, Raphael, when you were showing off your contacts, I had the Canon, I mean, I had the Nikon 35Ti. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, that thing looks- Hated it! Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Wait, why? Hated it. What's wrong with it? It looks slow so cool, autofocus. Though. Looks cool. Slow autofocus. Oh. Very, very slow autofocus unreliable honestly in terms of right. like where it thinks your subject oh, lives oh, i found right. it very slow and unreliable did not like the look of fat flash photography with that thing the thing i enjoyed most was the sexy titanium body mm -hmm. oh, and and those analog seiko dials mm -hmm. on top. right oh, the bet. only part i liked the user experience like oh this is so pretty it's so cuddly i love it i love having it in my pocket the photos were so undistinguished and of course the first place i go is i blame myself i hung on to this thing for six months i probably ran 20 rolls of film through it Whoa. and every time i would come back going ah, oh. the color rendition of that lens was really ordinary to me oh. like really like unspecial and so i sold it back to keh from whence i bought it for the exact same price i paid for <laughs> wow it. So, That's amazing. All right, guys, pile on. Tell me how wrong I am. Well, you know how I feel about the wide lux. You know how I, I feel about you buying the X-Pan, too. I know. You think I'm crazy. <laughs> I think you are crazy, but I know you love it. So yes. you, you win. You win at the end of the day. <laughs> I would say if it were me, again, only if it were me, I would only bring yeah. the X-Pan and the wide lux. The wide lux would be black and white. X-Pan is in color, and you throw so a flash smart. on that and call so it a day. Smart. Two panoramics is what so you're Because the X-Pan can go into regular 35 millimeter mode. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. That's such a good idea. Wow. That would never even have occurred to me because then I have the advantage of the fast shooting situation with the X-Pan because the Wide Lux is a lot more deliberate, mm -hmm. but I can get that distorted look with the Wide Lux that I love so much. Oh, yeah. Now let me Raphael, ask you your this. thoughts. Oh yeah, oh, Raphael, wait, go. Go. Yeah, no, no, go, no, go, go. He he crushed it. That that's ideal. Because yeah. it sounds like the half brain camera wouldn't get as much use as. I mean, I know you're you're. Are you still in the honeymoon phase with the X Pen? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You, that would phase. that would be the main. But taking both, I mean, that's genius. I'm liking this idea. That's really because, cool, Chris. You are so right because it's. I mean, even because it has auto advance, because it doesn't have, you know, mm. the shooting with the X-Pan will be a great deal faster. Mm. Yes. I've never used it with flash. I don't know exactly how, does it have through the lens flash metering? I don't know exactly how that's going to work. I don't know either, but you can slap on your Leica SF20 flash and it works perfectly. Yeah, but Gabe is borrowing that thing. See, I'm screwed now. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'll just get one. Raphael, what are your thoughts on this? Tell me your thinking. Um, look, he's really processing. I mean, this. look, he's really I, thinking. I've only had one experience with an X-Pan, and it was uh, Chris's. Uh, what is it again? 
TX1, the Fuji TX1. TX1, thank TX1. you. Yeah. I, I, I mixed yeah, that one camera. up with the TC one. That's why I had to clarify. Okay. Oh, I mix that up. Yeah. The Minolta, exactly. So uh, I used it with a flash and it's awesome. So if you can wow. get a flash on it, I recommend it. Oh, that's exciting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you, gentlemen, do you think this whole idea of working two panoramic cameras is insane? Do you think that's insane? Is that a very bad idea? for me insane in the other As direction a neophyte. right insane insane in the, in, the, in the best way like this is a great idea okay. yeah okay yeah all right i think that's great okay i like so you're endorsing this crazy pants notion of mine <laughs> of course yes. okay. like lean into it <laughs> all right just go exactly. for it yeah okay Be crazy yeah. you have them that's, both like okay. use them both use at them. the same time why not they're okay yeah, now let me talk about what you said, Raphael, about the 3200. I have I shoot 3200 in the wide lux a lot, Ooh, a lot, because never, of course I've you never. get access to those higher shutter speeds, right? It's so much easier to shoot with with 3200 in it because then you don't have to worry about oh my god, I'm shooting at one fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Am I holding the camera steady enough? Am I going to get a wobbly horizon because somebody jostled my elbow during the exposure or something? <laughs> So I shoot 3200 in that a lot, and so maybe that is the thing to do, is flash on the X-Pan, 3200 in the wide lux, shoot the X-Pan with like Portra 400 or something. So that, right? Yeah. That's interesting. And then you have two different looks there. Yeah. I am loving this idea. Also, I love the idea of this as a laboratory for comparing the wide lux results and the X-Pan results Mm. in this kind of a setting. That's exciting to me too, because then I can come back and smash it in Chris Chu's face. No. And say, (laughs) look at this. I would would love to see those images. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I've always wanted to compare them side by side. I mean, like we did, like me and Rob, like really short, but like in more so like a, in this type of occasion, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. All now, right. Now with that's what with I'm thirty two hundred. Let me ask you this: with a wide lux backstage, what I wouldn't even have to think of. What would you? What would you guys shoot that at? So backstage at one of these things, thirty two hundred. It's sort of well lit enough where you'd get pops. Two fiftieth at f eight is perfect, and the yeah. wide lux is a twenty six mil lens, so your depth of field is like really deep. Right. And you just. Just yeah. point away, yeah. shoot away, in my opinion. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say 250th at 5.6, so <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, but depending on like, yeah, just depending on how you're saying, Gabe, that it's drenched in light. I'm thinking of something. I'm thinking I have this image in my mind that it's a lot more sourcey and yeah, scattershot. Yeah, it's definitely sourcey and scattered. You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, I think that, and plus look, if it's a little under in places, if it's like, yeah. if, you know, if there's places that are veiled in shadow, that's going to look so cool. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yes. So yeah, I'm in, I'm on that. Exciting. Well, you guys have so helped me. I can't thank you enough. Thank uh, you for having us. Oh, oh me. Okay. Please. Let's review. Let's do the, let's do yes. the equipment review. So very quickly. So I'm going to bring X-Pan and Wide Lux. Wide Lux loaded with black and white, X-Pan with color, bring a flash unit. Maybe it's the SF-20, maybe it's something else. That's my kit. One shoulder, no bag. One yes. on each shoulder, no bag. There you That's go. the way to go. No bag, no bag. You're going to be around people no like bag. that. You don't want bags. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe is camera. like, That's right. I'm so, I, I, I want to have, my brain's going to explode. No <laughs> bag. How could you not All have right. a camera bag? Well, because I have no other lenses. Six hundred, right? Exactly. I have no other lenses. If I have a bag of any sort, it's just a bag of film, baby. That's what I was going to say. Bag of film. There you go. Yes. All right. 
Gabe, oh boy. tell us your kit. The final, okay, well, so this based is on this conversation. This is everything I'm going to bring. Okay, it's going to be the R5 when I buy it, which I'm going to mm -hmm. have to have a quick lesson, just a quick, quick, quick lesson. I'm thinking the 24 to 70 lens. I mean, I love the idea of having the 70 to 200 backstage because that's sort of, you can snipe a little better. I'm going to do the Q, definitely. Excellent. The M6. Oh, yeah. The Rolleiflex 2.8. And then, goodness. I hate to tell you, I think I'm going to bring the Widelux. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, Gabe. Yeah, we're that's amazing. Do it. I think we're going to do it. Ooh, heating up Wait, competition. You just described, did you describe five cameras no, just now? No, it's ridiculous. Six. I would never take five cameras to a show. <laughs> yes, yes. I just got five cameras. Gabe there would definitely do six, 10 right. if he could. Right, exactly. I love the idea that you are going to shoot some of this with the wide lux. Gabe, even if mm. you only shoot off one roll, there is going to be something on there that is going to be badass. And no other photographer at this event will be shooting I've that camera. I've never shot 3200, so I'm so excited. That's the most important thing that the wide lux will give you, like, one of a kind. Right. Photo. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. That is badass. Yeah. Gentlemen. You have made this possible. <laughs> I thank love you. it. You guys this was so it. fun. All right. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank us. you so much. Also, please right. tell everyone where they can find you. Raphael, where can they find you and your pictures? Um, 2071 photo on Instagram and Twitter and my website, Beautiful. actually. Perfect. Chris. Okay, and Chris. You guys can find me on Instagram at who's Chris Chu. Uh, last name is CHU. Or you could type in my name onto the YouTube search bar and you'll find some pretty dumb video videos about uh, camera reviews. <laughs> and uh, hopefully videos. one of them will make you laugh. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Follow these gentlemen. Revere them. Adore them as we do. And thanks, guys. This thanks, has been amazing. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. I will report back. And we're back. So How about fun. that? That was great. Those guys are fantastic. Such a big I help. I mean, such a big help. How do you feel about your choices? I'm really excited, but I'm also really excited about when everyone was talking about the Widelux. I think that's going to be yeah. an addition. And I think. Would uh, you have thought to bring that? No, never. Had it? Absolutely I don't think you would have. Never. Never. Oh. I just wouldn't have. You know, it. it's just the thought of it and just how. The truth is easy ease of shooting. That's a big deal, especially yes. in that situation because I just don't want to, you know, really draw attention to myself when you're backstage. You yeah. want to just capture moments. So I think that's going to be really fun. That is going to be cool. I, I am love so it. Excited. Can't wait because there is no other photographer who's going to have one of those. So really. excited. So again, follow those guys. Chris is who's Chris Chu. Raphael is twenty seventy one photo. Am I right about that? You're good. <laughs> okay. And if not? Follow yes. And if not? Sorry. Well, whatever. Okay. Thanks to those guys. We're going to have Raphael back for a proper conversation soon because I want to get to know that guy better. He's yes. brilliant. He's great. Um, I also want to say one more thing before we close out today's episode. I went to Menchie's and enjoyed the I Dream of Camera's <laughs> signature frozen yogurt. It is called I Dream of Cookies and Cream. Yeah. This was a result of a lengthy negotiation oh, yes. between Sunny 16 and Menchie's. What other podcast has a signature yogurt flavor? Oh my God, I'm not just amazing. talking film photography yeah. podcast. What other podcast, period, mm -hmm. does the daily 
from the New York Times have a signature yogurt flavor? No, no they do not. No. Does whatever like uh, Kara Swisher is doing, <laughs> even though Kara Swisher sounds like the name of a yogurt, right? Does she have a yogurt? No, no, she does not. No. Go to Menchie's, ask for the I Dream of Cameras yogurt flavor, and get ready for a signal episode, episode forty. Gabe, roll the credits. Who do we have to thank? We have to thank the amazing Fred Corey for, and people are noticing his music. It's yes. very exciting. They, it's in their dreams. Fred's giving Fred's giving us a great sound. We appreciate everything, and I also special thank you to Fred Corey for lending me his Leica Q, yeah, which sure. I will have in New York, which is very exciting. And Keith Greenstein, oh my gosh, he just continued to. Uh, Give us an amazing look and uh, help us rearrange things when big corporations come at us. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. You go to the merch store and see. It's newly updated. Yes. There's actually some new stuff as a result. It's very exciting. Also, look out, you know, now that Gabe's phrase, half a cookie, yes. as a way of talking about half-frame cameras, has percolated into the world vernacular. You can buy your <laughs> half a cookie mug or t-shirt at idreamofcameras.com. That's so also, exciting. We love hearing from you guys. Email us, add to our prodigious mailbag, idreamofcameras at gmail.com. Follow Gabe Sachs. He's Gabe Sachs on Instagram. Follow me. I miss Jeff Greenstein on Instagram because Jeff Greenstein is an embezzler. <laughs> Final thoughts, man. Next one is 40. I know. Final it's, thoughts. It's crazy. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, there's a couple of final thoughts. Get together with your film photography friends. Just do it. Yes. Make time. It's, you know, I, I've definitely made more time to call my fellow camera geeks and get together and talk cameras. It's so satisfying. It's amazing. And also, if you put your camera on the table of the coffee shop, more people will come up to you and talk to you about it. And they, too, might be excited about cameras. Spread the word. Spread the love. <laughs>